experience again your wonderful presence and power in our lives. And as we gather together for corporate worship today, in this preaching of your word, may our lives be lifted today as we are strengthened in your presence. We pray for every aspect of the service, the anointing of the Spirit to rest upon everything, but we especially pray for the proclamation of the word of truth that our hearts will be open to what God would speak into our lives this morning. We now commit this time to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We would like to welcome you this morning to Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. We're so glad that you've gathered out on this Lord's Day to gather with us and to worship the Lord. Just a couple of announcements that we need to share with you. Uh, shoe boxes will be available by next Sunday, so you'll want to pick them up, but you can already start and preparing for that. And there will be further announcement next Lord's Day on the shoe boxes. As well, we have been collecting a love offering for our evangelists this money. All of these monies collected will go towards their ministries. And we're not collecting this to show appreciation for this week. As I've been saying, in every service, we want to bless their ministry. So you might want to plan into their lives as they are visiting other countries. Our brother just returned from India. A little later this year we'll be going to Romania. So we want to bless their ministry as they visit the nations of the world. God will bless you for doing so. As well, uh, we are going to be on Halloween again uh, doing outreach in our community. And we have found this to be a golden opportunity to minister to our town. We're going to be set up on the Hope and Hardware parking lot, giving our treats, cooking hot dogs, and meeting the families of our town. Last year, we met 500 people on the parking lot, and uh, it was amazing. Some of you might say, Pastor, I don't believe in celebrating Halloween. Well, guess what? I like candy, and I love hot dogs, and I love people. And this is a night that the church can take back for the gospel. Amen. Go ahead, amen. We have numerous children in our programs on Tuesday night as a result of meeting them and their parents and giving them a hot dog. Amen. Some of you come to church for less than a hot dog, wouldn't you? But we're just wanting to reach this town. So be in prayer for that evening. And make sure you spread the word. We'll be promoting it throughout this week. We're looking for used clothing for our single moms. As winter is coming on, there's an announcement. We're looking for hats, mittens, gloves, and little girls' sizes, especially uh, this winter socks and so on. Everything is there. You can help us as we're ministering to the single moms of our town. God will bless you for it. As well, the pastors will be away, leaving on Wednesday to attend the pastor's conference for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland and Labrador to have a convention center. Be in prayer for all the pastors in Labrador and Newfoundland that will be attending this conference. This is mandatory for all of us to attend, and we will be attending as we gather next Sunday. And two of our pastors who are members of our congregation, Pastor Barry Randall will be preaching in the morning service. Pastor George Coles will be preaching in the evening service. We trust you'll come and support them as they fill in as we are attending conference. This morning's service, Brother Mike will be videotaping the service, and maybe at a later date we will be posting it to our Facebook page. We're not certain, but we will be taping the service this morning. There are a lot of announcements in your bulletin. We know that you're going to read them and adhere to them. We're going to stand. We're going to call. 
collect the Lord's tithes and your offerings. We thank you for your faithful giving. If you didn't give to the church that you're benefiting from and that God is blessing you, you're going to lose a blessing. But by giving to where God is planted you and you're being, you're being fed, you're growing, your children, your grandchildren are being ministered to, if you're not giving, you're going to lose a blessing. But I thank all of our people. Give yourselves a hand clap for being so faithful to God. God has promised that He will bless the faithfulness of His people. Amen. We're going to sing. We're going to have the babies with us. They're going to lead us as the ushers come this morning. All praise to
week, and we just want to say publicly thank you uh, to Pastor White and the church board for the invitation to come back. And uh, we were talking yesterday, we just said we just feel so at home. Feels like we never left. And uh, you know what? It's been over 10 years since we first came to Deer Lake. That's unbelievable that that much time has gone. Over eight years since we left. And God has just been so good. We got a little boy somewhere with us this morning over there with David Tracy. Uh, he's not, no, he's not with David Tracy. He's moved on to someone else. <laughs> that, that's about the pleased to be here and to enjoy the presence of the Lord with all your wonderful people this morning. Let's uh, continue to worship God today as we sing. He's coming on the clouds. Bye. 
was going to sing a song this morning that's become very popular throughout our, our province, throughout our world, and it just talks about when we're going through the storms of life, we, we don't stop and, and wallow in self-pity or pain, but we, we shout even louder, we sing a hallelujah this morning. Would you lift up that shout of praise today?
this morning means. You need to have a seat again this morning. There are people who, in the vice of sickness, pain, brokenness, sorrow, sadness, hurt. Maybe they can't sing a hallelujah in their condition this morning. Each one of us can raise a hallelujah for them. Amen. We're praying for Wayne Otto recovering from a cancer operation. We're praying for Chris Ryan for Maryland Woodbridge. Kathy Trope. For Jeannie Young today. For Tennille. Her and Brown will be praying for Paulette Parsons, for Sister Gertie White, for Pastor Junior Andrews. Right now, at this moment, Pastor Junior is undergoing very difficult, complicated heart surgery in Health Sciences Center, St. John's. So lift up a hallelujah for Junior Andrews this morning, would you? There's an unspoken need. Family need. Praying for Hazel Parsons, for Elvin Osborne. I'm sure if we were to ask for a show of hands, there would be many unspoken needs during this auditorium today. We're going to lift up a hallelujah for each one of them.
controlled by fear. And I believe that message is more prevalent today than in any hour that we have ever lived. Fear is gripping hearts and minds, causing Christians to live below their privileges. But what we've heard this morning is taken directly from the scriptures. He told us, fear they not, for I am with them. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. I believe his eyes are closed all over this building. As Pastor Gray continues to lead in this chorus and in prayer, if you want to live a life that is free from fear this morning, I want you to stand and claim what you've heard today. And God can deliver you this morning from the power of fear. And we can walk by faith.
to embrace where we are, but there are people this morning that are worried about their families, they're worried about their children, they have unsafe family members. You that are standing near them now, as we sit again, I want you to find someone, lay your hand upon them, and begin to pray, and then as the pastor prays, let us claim victory for every life that is seeking the deliverance that God can only give. Let's sing together as we pray with one another this morning.
stars, we have Abby and Mason Parsons. I think Mason is a little bit shy. Oh, he's not here anymore. That's okay. You can represent both. Okay. There's their picture in the back. And uh, that was taken this morning. So Mason was with us this morning, but has since had to leave. So we'll come on in here folks. Let's tell all the adults what grade you are in now. Grade one. Grade one. And how old is your brother? Three. Okay, three. What's your favorite thing to do in grade one? Play. Play? <laughs> That's very important. Very important. This one is for you. To remind you that you are a winner. Okay? And God loves you very much. Cool. This is one for your brother. These are for you, brother, to enjoy a treat this week. And we are going to pray for Abby and Mason. Could you stretch out your hand, church? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this little girl that stands on this platform with me today. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her brother, Mason. And I pray that you would help them to know your love in their hearts at a young age. I thank you for the grandparents who faithfully bring them to your house. And today I pray for their parents as well. I pray for every person who would play, have an influence in these children's lives. I pray for wisdom. I pray for direction. I pray for godly influence. And Father, I pray that these little children will grow to know the true love of God. We believe you have big plans for their lives. And I pray, Father, that you would be with them every day. Be with Abby in grade one. I pray you'll help her to do well, help her to have friends, to be a friend. And I pray you will bless her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give her a big hand. Yeah, me too, sometimes. Do that? I'm scared of 
Let me say that again. Fear is a liar. Heard a guy say one time um, that fear means it's it's the false evidence appearing real. Has anybody heard that before? False evidence appearing real. Then you go to Psalms 23 and the psalmist said there, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Well, it says the valley of the shadow of death. Somebody say the shadow. shadow. Somebody look at your neighbor and say the shadow. shadow. Now, a shadow doesn't do much. Come on, somebody right now. A shadow doesn't do much. I can be walking outside and the sun can cast a shadow on me, but if my shadow gets you, it's not going to do anything. And the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because death tries to come, but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And can I tell you, it may look like a shadow, but our God has already conquered it. He's already brought joy. He's already brought peace. And He's already given us the victory in His name. Come on, somebody rejoice one more time. You know, I've talked a lot about my five sisters this past week, amen. And um, the, they'll and they'll tell a story my sister Katie will. And she said that I was a mean little boy. Now I know that's hard, that's the, uh, that's hard to think about, amen. Sweet, sweet brother Robbie, right? Being a mean little boy. But that's what she says. And she said that, that I ran outside one day and she was playing basketball. And I ran up to her and I kicked her in the leg. I didn't say anything to her. I didn't ask to play basketball with her. I just ran up to her and kicked her in the leg. And she said, ow, why did you just kick me in the leg? And then I turned back at her and said, because I wanted to. And she got pretty mad. And she's like, well, I'm going to go inside and tell your mom that you just kicked me in the leg. And listen. I love my mom, but my mom's scary when she gets mad. I knew that I was cruising for a bruising. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So I thought in my little four-year-old uh, mind, if I can get in the house before my sister can, maybe I can weasel my way out of punishment. So I ran inside uh, real quick, and I ran up to my mom, and I said, Mom, Katie was outside, and she kicked me in the leg. Well, my mom And guess who got in trouble? My sister did. Now, now that's a funny story, right? And my sister got the punishment, but did my sister deserve that punishment? No. No, she did not deserve that punishment. But I love to tell that story because I feel like it's a perfect picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus was a sinless man. He was a perfect man. He did not deserve to go to that cross. He did not deserve to be beat, beat on. He did not deserve to die. But he went there in the place of you and I. Somebody say amen. amen. And he bore each and every one of our sins, but he did not stay dead. He rose again. I'm thankful for a God that did not deserve to be punished, but he took my punishment. Amen. And so I can live an eternal life underwashed in his blood. Do I have any happy people about salvation this morning? Is anybody glad you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost? Come on. It's such an honor to be here. If you've been here, if you've been a 
one service this past week, I want you to lift up your hand. If you've been here one out of out of out of the four days that we've had, okay. If you've been here two of those, I want you to lift up your hand. Okay, okay. If you've been here three of those, I want you to lift up your hand. If you've been here all of them, I want you to lift up your hand. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, Friday, Friday was incredible. Uh, we just encountered the power of God's Spirit. Amen. But I'm glad that that God's that God's not done yet. Amen. We're still in revival. If this is your first time out this week, amen, you just buckle up because we're on this train moving fast. Amen. And we're looking for deeper and we're looking for greater and we're looking for God to do great things. You know, I met um, Josh for the very first time and I heard about his brother Joel, but I didn't think that I was going to get to meet Joel, but Joel drove all the way here from Gander, right Gander, uh, three hours to be uh, with us this weekend. Can we give him a great hand clap of a meet with him, amen, and to be in the presence of the Lord, and man, you have some of the greatest pastors I've ever met in my life. Does anybody love your pastors? Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, the gospel of Luke chapter 5, we're going to be reading verses 36 through 39, the gospel of Luke chapter 5. Verses 36 through 39. If we can stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning. Luke chapter 5. If I can have a little bit more of this mic, that would help me out a lot. Thank you. The Gospel of Luke chapter 5. Verses 36 through 39. Gospel of Luke chapter 5, verses 36 through 39. They're saying amen. amen. Well, I'll give you another second. Somebody said amen. If you're there, say amen. amen. Gospel of Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 36. Amen. The word of the Lord says this. And Jesus spoke also a parable unto them. No man put the piece of new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new make it the rent. And the peace that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles. Someone say the new wine. New wine. Scripture said, Jesus said, and no man putteth new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled and the bottles shall perish. But new wine, somebody say new wine. new wine. But new wine must be put into new bottles. Somebody say new uh, new bottles. So we got new wine right here. We got new bottles, the word of God says. And both are preserved. Then verse 39. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith, the old is better. I want to preach this morning just for a moment on that subject, the new wine the new wine. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's already anointed. God, help me, Father. I cannot do this in myself, but I humble myself before you, Lord, I pray. Every heart, every mind be open to what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And as you're seated, give the Lord one more great hand clap of appreciation. The new wine. The new wine. 
You know, when we read about wine, when we read about water, when we read about wind in the entire Bible, there's many times that these three words especially speak and point to the power of the Holy Spirit. Is anybody thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. And we read in Luke chapter 5, throughout the chapter, that Jesus is confronting the Pharisees about certain things. And right here in this parable, we can come to the conclusion that Jesus is announcing a new day. Someone say a new day. A new day. He's announcing a new age. He's announcing a new move of God's Spirit. You see, up to this point, uh, the people of God had lived by the law their entire lives. But Jesus came and said, I'm going to bring you into a new age, a new covenant by my blood, by the Holy Spirit. And by the power of my name. Amen. This is simply what he was saying to these people in Luke chapter 5. The way that you've been doing it has lost its power. But the way that I'm going to show you by the power of my Holy Spirit, by my Holy Spirit, will raise the dead. It will open blinded eyes. It will be a manifestation and a demonstration to a lost and dying world that our God is not dead, but he is surely alive. Can anybody testify that Jesus is not in that tomb this morning, but that Jesus is surely alive in your life, in your family? If you know him to be alive, if you know that he's touched you this week, can you just lift one hand and say, thank you, Jesus, that you are not dead in us, but that you have brought us new wine by your power, by your spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Love your pastor, and I've noticed very quickly that he is a historian. He loves history, amen. If you know him, he loves history. And not only history, but he loves the spirit-filled movement, the history of Pentecost. And my mind can't help but to go to um, um, the early 1900s in the USA, in California. Uh, uh, history tells us that a great move of God began to take place. Azusa Street began to take place. We read about a man named William Seymour, an African-American preacher who got a small group of people together and began to contend for a move of God. Amen. He began to contend to see the fullness of God move. And right there for almost 10 years in California, amen, they didn't know what a move of God was. They didn't know that God could come and live on the inside of them. But as they began to pray by the thousands, the nations began to come to Azusa Street and experience the reality of who God is. I want to tell somebody in this room right now, you don't have to live in dead religion this morning. You don't have to, you don't have to think that God is not for you. You don't have to think that God is far away. But can I tell you, when Jesus rose, he rent that veil, amen, and though only one person could go into the presence of God, now each and every one of you, God invites into I don't care if you're 4 years old I don't care if you're 94 years old If you lift up your hand and say God, wash me in your blood God will not shove you away God will not deny you access But he says, if you come In the name of Jesus Christ I'll show you my glory I'll show you my love I'll show you my heart And I'll show you that I am real And for you Come on, somebody give him a great hand clap A great You know, we know about Azusa Street, but do you know what happened before 
Azusa Street. There was a city named Topeka, Kansas. And there was a man by the name of Charles Parham. And he started Bethel Bible School. Someone say Bethel Bible School. Bethel he started Bethel Bible School. And he got his students together. And the only book that they could read was the Bible. He did not allow theology books. He did not allow history books. But they opened up the Bible. And that was their main text. They were going to look in the Bible to what God would speak to them. He invited everybody from every, from every walk of life from every race, from every, from, uh, 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 from every movement. And he said, let's get together in this small school and let's see what's the more, the new that God has for us in this day, in this age. And history tells us, and the story goes that they got to Acts chapter 2. And they said, well, what do we do with this right here? What do we do with Acts chapter 2? Is this for us? Has, is this just history? And it happened for these people? But they came to the conclusion that when the whole That says, I know that our church is good. 
living, I'm not mad at you, I promise. I'm just filled with the glory right here. Because we're living in a day and age. Did you know? Listen, I think about that time, the early 1900s. Those people did not know that the world wars were coming. They did not know the great that the Great Depression was coming. They did not know all the horrible things that would come in that century. But God did. The Holy Spirit did. Could you imagine if 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 our if our Christian movement would not have have have, have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in the 1900s? Listen, I've heard my grandmother say. I've heard my mom say that the only thing that kept them through war and persecution and their families going to fight across the, uh, uh, the foreign uh, waters of the foreign land was the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, friend, uh, listen, 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 listen to me right here. Times are rarely get better, but most of the time, the day and age we live in, things are going to get worse. Persecution is going to get greater. And can I tell you from the bottom of my spirit, what we need is not a new government. What we need is not a new leader. What we need is a church right here in Deer Lake to say we're going to get on our face again and say, God, if it worked in the early 1900s and they survived war after war, if we see God move again like we've never seen him move again, then it will take us into next year, the next 20 years, the next 50. If we have new wine, nothing can stop the church of Jesus Come 
that if you get a hold of this new line, that Deer Lake could go a year without hearing anybody committing suicide. You may say, Martin, Martin, that's crazy. Listen, I serve a crazy God, amen. I serve an unstoppable God. I'm talking about a church that believes in prayer. I'm talking about a church that believes in a God that breathed the stars and the planets. And I'm here to tell you, if you will get a hold and, and seek God for greater and seek God for new wine, He can do the impossible You know, our text says this in Luke chapter 5, verse 37. Jesus said, no one puts new wine. Somebody say new wine. New wine. Somebody give your neighbor a high five and say new wine. That's how we do it in Kentucky right there. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Some of y'all are shy right now. Somebody give your neighbor a high five and say new wine. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. Can I tell you the new that God wants to bring cannot be contained by the old? The Bible says this. Jesus is emphatic. When you ask God for a fresh move of God, you cannot put the new in your old sphere and way of doing things and thinking. Amen. He says, he says these words right here. He says, you put new wine into into an old wine skin, the new that God has will completely burst the old wine skin, and the new that God has will be spilled on the ground. Amen. Now, the new wine was a, was supposed to be something that quenched the thirst of the people of God, right? It's something that's supposed to sustain you. It's something that's supposed to to uh, to help your health and your body. But my mom uh, would say this. She said, "You." You can't, don't, don't cry over spilled milk. Has anybody heard that before? Because when you spill milk on the ground, you can't scoop the milk up and put it back in the bottle. No, once it's on the ground, then it cannot do what it was supposed to do. And Jesus is saying the same thing in order for us to experience the new. We have got to get rid. We have got to get rid of the old, amen. We have got to get rid, amen, of, of mindsets that we It's either all or nothing. We can't hold on to our old lives and our old expectations and reach after the new. But there's got to be something that sparks in us that says, God, I'm willing to lay it all down for your glory to be made manifest. And I'm going to clarify right here because when we look at our text, well, just stay with me. I'm not going to be long here this uh, morning. But the Bible is comparing two words. Jesus is saying these two words over and over again in, the, in this parable. He's saying the new. Someone say the new. Yeah. And he's saying the old. Someone say the old. Yeah. Now listen. As, as, as I'm speaking this, I'm, I'm, I'm not defiling. I'm, I'm not throwing under the bus the faith that our lives have been built on. Amen. The faith, the history is important. Amen. But I want you to understand what Jesus is saying right here. He says the word old five times. He says the word new eight times. So the focal point of what he's saying in this parable is that there's something new that you can experience. 
you've never experienced before. Now, when we think of old and new, you think of the age of something, right? If a simple definition of new is something that has, has never existed before, right? If something is brand new, you've never seen it. You've never experienced it. You've never encountered it before. And the Word of God says that Jesus was saying there's old wine skin, there's new wine, there's old wine, there's new wine. There was an old garment, there is a new garment. And in every case, he, he uses the word new and old. He is talking about the age of that thing. Except, somebody say except. One time, when he begins to talk, now stay with me right here. When he begins to talk about the new wine, he changes the context of the word that he's using. And he switches the context of the word new. He switches the context of the word new. Not to mean the age of something, but to mean the class of something. Now stay with me right here. When we speak about the class of something, we're talking about levels. We're talking about one thing can be here, but one thing can be up here. And it's not, and it's not saying that this is less than the higher class, but it's saying there's something more. There's something greater. There's something deeper. So when Jesus said, there is new wine, amen, there is new wine for my people to have, he said, there is a superior experience that you've never tapped into that is available for your life, for your home, for your church. And I want to announce that here today, that there is something greater for dear life. There is something. Jesus said, there is a superior experience that you've never seen before. Can I tell you, we have seen things in this generation we have never seen before. We have never seen the spirit of homosexuality sweep through our world like it has today. We have not seen abortion to this level in any age. Can I tell you, God will always bring an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will help us overcome these demonic things. And can I tell you, I'm thankful for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street. And it worked for their time. But we need an even greater outpouring in these last days to call back struggling being a transgender in the 1900s. But can I tell you the Holy Spirit's not scared by problems? He's not, he's not condemning people. He's saying, how about you get some new wine? How about you come to me, all ye that are thirsty, and try my living water, and watch as I can renew your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'll prove this because Jesus proved that the new is superior himself. Listen to me. The Bible says, by his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. That does not devalue what the old was, but it emphasizes that God was doing something that we had never seen in our midst before. Jesus was making it clear to the listener that old skins will not work. They are there to set in their ways. They will cause you to lose all their wine. This is really the key point right here. Old power structures built on human wisdom and human control will not work. Things created by man will not work. I don't care if it's popular or unpopular. 
So moving on really quickly, because the application of this passage is this. The principle is that something must be destroyed to make way for something new. Something must be destroyed to make way for something new. God does not just give new wine. Somebody say new wine. Somebody go ahead and wake up your neighbor for a second and say new wine. God just doesn't give new wine, but he gives new wine skin. Now listen, it's going to get really uptight in here for a second, but I want you to open up your heart and hear from the voice of the Lord this morning. Before He gives us new revival, before He gives us new miracles, before He gives us new power, He first must make us into new vessels. Into new vessels. You have to completely die to your carnal nature. You have to completely die to your flesh. You have to completely die to your religious nature. You have to completely die to the way and the truth that you thought was right, to the way the Word of God says. One of the most annoying phrases that I hear in the U.S. now in our day and age is that truth is relative. Well, Brother Robbie, I can believe one thing. You can believe another thing, but we'll just agree to disagree, and both of our truths are right, but we won't argue about it because I want to believe what I want to believe, and you want to believe what you want to believe, and, and, and we can both go our separate ways. Can I tell you that is garbage? Truth is not relative. Truth, truth is not from person to person, but can I tell you we are still people who believe the truth of the Word of God? We are still people that see that the Word of God clearly stands for truth, for righteousness, amen. It stands for biblical marriage. It stands, amen, for the way, the truth, the only way, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what makes you feel good. It doesn't matter what your science teacher says. It doesn't matter what Fox News, CNN, it doesn't matter what our government or economy says. Can I tell you this Word stands firm? Somebody say amen. amen. It's the truth of the word of God. The Bible actually says this. We are new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away. I said old things have passed away. Because you cannot hold on to the old and experience the new life and the new outpouring and the new power that God has for you in this service right now. Ezekiel says it this way in chapter 36 verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. Somebody say a new heart. And I will put a new spirit. Somebody say a new spirit. A new spirit in you. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Can I tell you, when you meet Jesus and you pray for new wine, you don't just get better. You don't just get better. You don't just get a little patched up or a little band-aid. But you completely die to who you used to be. It makes me so mad when people pull out these books. Well, here's five steps to a better you. I don't want to be who I used to be. I don't want to live in the carnality and the lust and the temptations and the mind. No, friend, can I tell you, you can't save yourself from yourself. It takes you saying, God, I know I got myself in this mess, 
a new creature, a new experience, new power in your life. Okay, right here. Listen, this is not going to be fun, but I want to explain to you the way this works. When you become a new wineskin, has anybody studied like a real wineskin before? I want to raise your hand. Have you ever studied the process of making a new wineskin? In Bible times, you would have to kill a goat or some type of sheep to make a wineskin, okay? So you, didn't, so you just didn't get these from anywhere. But in order to get a wineskin in Bible times, something had to die. If you did not kill something, you could not make a new wineskin. Anybody hear me right now? If you did not kill something, when they would go to make a wineskin, they would go get a goat, they would kill it, and then they would have to clean what they just killed. So not only did something have to die, but then that thing which had to die had to be gutted, stripped, and cleaned out. This is the process. So there's death, there's cleaning out, but then listen to this, after it dies, after it's gutted, they, they used to hang these wineskins out in the sun and they would stretch out the wineskins. And for days, they would allow the sun to hit the wineskin so the bacteria would die. So it would be completely purged of what it used to be. And then after it was stretched out, after it died and it was cleaned out, then they would have to sew it and stitch it back together in the shape of a vessel that they could use. Now you would think that after they stitched it back together that you could pour the new wine into it, but you couldn't because you had to test the wine skin to make sure there were no leaks in the wine skin. It's a long process, right? So guess what they uh, would do? They would get some water from a brook and they would and they would pour it in that new wine skin and they would test it. And if any water would leak out of the wine skin, then they would throw the wine skin away and start the whole press uh, the whole process over. But if there was no water that leaked through the wine skin, guess what? They would take new wine, fresh wine pour it into that vessel and use it for what it was supposed to be used for to carry the fresh new thing that would fill people's lives. Spiritually, it's the same way, friend. We talk about revival a lot. We talk about having camp meeting and seeing God move. Oh, God can raise the dead. Oh, God can heal the sick. But can I tell you, we have to go through the process to get there. And, and a church as a corporate unit has to say, God, we're willing to be made into something new. We're thankful for how you moved in the past, but God, we're believing you for greater today, a superior move to reach, to reach the nations, to reach our community. But God says you have to be willing to die to what you want to do. You have to be, you have to be willing to be cleaned out of everything in you that's not of God. You have to be willing to be stretched out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing as a believer to be tested and tried by fire. And then, listen, when you go through this process, and this is what I feel in my spirit, for years this church has went through the process. For years this church has struggled. Maybe you failed a couple of times and God had to throw the, throw the new vessel away. But can I come and announce by the power of the Holy Spirit that there's been some people here in this room that have hung on for 
God make us a new wine skin. That's when the Lord says, okay, they're ready to, ex to experience new wine in their life. Are you ready for the process? There is new, but there is death to get to the new. Will you walk in God's way? Will you walk in His plan? They want to come back real quick. I said it already, but I want to say it one more time. God gives each generation the outpouring that they need to effectively reach their world. We live in an unprecedented time, an unprecedented day. Listen, just because they're walking, I don't want you to stay focused right here on the Word of God right here. We live in an unprecedented day, in an unprecedented time. No generation has had to face the specific demons and darkness that our young people, that we as a people are having to face right now as we speak. Seems like people have no conviction, no morality, no moral compass. In the U.S. especially, you turn on the television and mass murders taking place every other week. It's horrible. Perverted lust, rebellion, a lack of sensitivity to God's spirit. What do we do? God will give new wine if we ask for it. But He will not give it in an old wineskin. God will give new wine if we ask for it. But I would even dare to say He will not move the same way He moved 30 years ago. It may be similar, but it's going to be greater. And like I said, Jesus did not devalue the whole. He said, no, there's something greater you need for today. To get through until I come. Amen. You don't have to live, I said it yesterday, as dry as a saltine cracker. There's new wine. You can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He will do a new thing. Things that we never thought that he could do and that we never thought could happen. I have one more verse as we stand up. If they can put it up on the screen for me. Isaiah chapter 43. I don't know if that's possible. Isaiah chapter 43. Verses 18 through 19. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Because I just love how it puts it here. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43. Verses 18 through 19. The Bible says this. Oh, if you don't hear anything else right here, this is what the Lord speaks to you this morning. It's what the Lord speaks to you this morning. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, the Bible says, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. And then he says, See, I have already begun it. I will make a, path, a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I'm going to read that one more time, and I want you to pay close attention to my words right here. The word of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. 
I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. It's interesting because when the prophet speaks this, I was I was looking at uh, the word a couple days ago, and and the heading right before this verse is is the path to victory. Because Isaiah is prophesying in a time where God's people had been bound for years. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of travesty, in the midst of dryness, in the midst of persecution and bondage, Isaiah says these words. But forget all that that just happened. Forget the bondage you just came out of. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do in your future. He is describing what you have to do to move forward in victory. And he says, you can wallow and you can think about yesterday. Or you can concentrate about the clouds of heaven that are full with fresh wine and fresh rain. And you can call on that and tap into that for God to touch your life. For I'm about to do something new. But he says, I'm about to do it. But then he just goes ahead and says, I'm already doing it. I dare to believe this morning that God has already started something that the enemy cannot stop these past few days. I don't know if you believe it. I believe it by faith right now. In our midst. Amen. God has started something that the enemy. But here's the question. Will you jump on board with it? It's not just going to be through one person. It's not just going to be through one service. It's not just going to be through one meeting. No, for God to pour out His glory and His new wine like never before is going to take every person in this place playing their part in the new wine being poured out upon this church and this community. This was a verse of victory. And victory came when the new came. Is anybody ready for something that you've never seen before? Does anybody need a new miracle because the doctor said we've never seen this before? Does anybody need God to do a new thing in your family? You thought your kids would never get into that? But can I tell you, we serve a God of the fresh and the new, and God can bring Listen, He has the solution for answers that we don't even know, for questions that we don't even comprehend, because He is the God of the new wine. He is the God of a fresh out for you. Those people at Azusa Street and Topeka King, they had never seen what God had done. And I want to tell you, it's scary when you don't know what's going to happen. But they dared and had faith to believe. Oh man, it's burning inside my spirit so strong. They had faith to believe that there was something more that they had yet to tap into. Does this church have faith for that this morning? Do you believe that there is more? You may have been, listen, you may have been filled with the Holy Ghost 30 years ago. Can I tell you, there's more for you even today. You may have seen the dead raised, but there's still new wine and something new that God to do in you. I'm thankful for the souls that have been saved right here 
New wine. There's new wine here this morning. Will you ask God for it? Will you allow yourself to die for it? Will you shed off what you think that you know and what you think that you understand in pursuit of the more that God has? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God that's not, you are not a God that's complacent. You are not a God that leaves us where we're at. God, we come as we are, but God, then you change us. Take us from glory to glory. You take us from faith to faith. God, you have, you have something greater for these people this morning. And God, though even there's some right now that have their minds on supper, there's some that have their mind on the time, but God, right now, I pray we don't condemn them. We pray that you would bring a focus to their mind right now. God, that they would be focused on the new wine. That they would be focused on that which can heal their bodies, save their families, and change their lives forever. Oh God, oh God, put a hunger in us, Lord. God, you declare a new thing this morning. You declare a way of victory, which is the newness of the Spirit and the newness of wine for our lives. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Brother Robbie, I'm looking for something new to happen in my life. I'm looking for a new move of God for me and my family. I'm looking for a fresh outpouring of fire. I'm looking for more signs, miracles, and wonders. I'm looking for a new move of the Spirit of my whole life. I want that, amen. I need it. I need it. I want, I want you to lift up your hand right now. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You put that hand down. On the count of three, whether you raised your hand, whether you didn't raise your hand, but you say, Brother Robbie, I want to do whatever it takes to have that new wine. However, God has got to mold me and make me into a new wine skin. Oh, God, do it. But I want that. I, I've got to have it. I can't, I can't go out of these doors this morning without experiencing new wine in my life. I want it. I have that on the count of three. That's your prayer. I want you to move. One, two, three, move right now. Would you come this altar? You can come and stand. You can come and deal with this. I know this is not an easy word this morning, but this is the word that will propel you into God's promises and God's plan for your life. How about you just go ahead and do something new? If you don't come to the altar, how about you just go ahead and step into something new this morning? You may have to break out in your worship in a way you've never worshiped before. Allow God to do something new in you, a new Come on as they go into this worship song this morning.
morning, I want you to ask for God new wine. God new wine. God new wine for God new wine for our church. God new wine for our heart. God new wine for our mind. God new wine for our community. Go ahead and worship the team. Go ahead and worship the team.
I want you to find whether it be your neighbor, whether it be somebody, God guides you to. I want you to lay hands on somebody right now. If you're in this altar, I want you to lay hands on somebody else. Come on, right now, give me 10 seconds to find somebody. Come on, they can be close to you, somebody that God leads you to. But right now, in this moment, I don't want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for the new life to come upon them. Amen. I don't care if you feel intimidated by praying for them. Wait! 